Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey, friends. Welcome Wednesday night. Glad you could join in tonight. Just a couple things before we get started with the message tonight. I just want to make sure that you know I didn't, uh, Sandy didn't do something to me on my, on my bandage here. This, I had to have more Mohs surgery. Um, unfortunately, with the skin type I've had, I've had a number of those. Well, took a little, little bit off my, uh, about the size of my thumbnail, and then, but it took about a four inch slit to, to pull the skin back together. So it's not as bad as it sounds. So it's all good. I just wanted to let you know that up front. Uh, a couple updates, some updates of what's going on. Uh, Gary Bauk still in the hospital, uh, making a little headway, but not to, uh, not a whole lot yet. But he's, they're working on that. And and uh, uh, Diane Armstrong is still in there. She just wants our prayers. So these are things I'm telling you tonight, so you can be praying about them. Uh, Laura Holden got to go home, but Brian is still in the hospital. And uh, they both still need prayer, you know. And uh, Carolyn Rash got to go home, but she's still coughing and stuff. So she needs some prayers too. So make sure you're doing that, lifting up. We're to pray one for another. And uh, that's so important. So anyway, I wanted to talk to you again tonight. Last week, I talked to you about being desperate for revival. And I, you know, I, I think about uh, that often. And that's been a theme sort of somewhat in, a, in our uh, uh, Saturday morning sometimes on men's prayer and then on, on uh, Monday night prayer. But, but it's certainly, we need revival in the church today. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that there are pockets of revival happening around the country and, and we hear about that and, and it's wonderful and around the world even. But I think about, let's be participants, let's be involved with it. And so the nice message is called Rekindle the Fire of Revival, the Holy Spirit Fire. You know, Paul told Timothy to stir up or fan into flame that gift that's been placed in him by the laying on of his hands. But the church, uh, we don't want to see the church decline. And, and I believe it's not going to, but we can see a, an individual church decline and, and churches decline, but we don't want that. Last week I told you about some things that uh, George Barna had put out, which I want to repeat a few of these things because it's important to hear. Uh, about the church. This was a 2017 report about 30, he said 30% of all Americans consider themselves born again. Now we're not just talking about church attenders or somebody's got their name on the roll somewhere. We're talking about somebody say they've accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. And what's troubling about some of these uh, statistics is it tells you uh, kind of a, a, a overview of where the church is sometimes. And it, and it said only 70% contend the Bible is totally accurate. Only 70%. I'm thinking, you're born again. You ought to say 100%. If you, if you believe that in this Bible that Jesus died for your sins and rose again the third day, that he can take you to heaven, wouldn't you believe the rest of what his word says? He said he was the word made flesh. So anyway, I'm, I don't want to rant too much here tonight. But... 77% uh, believe that all people are basically good, which is not biblical. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. We're not all good, <laughs> you know. 30% uh, believe that the Holy Spirit is not a living being. It's a symbol of, of God's presence or his purity. Well, that's not true. 
the, the Holy Spirit, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen? And the Spirit of God came to this earth on the day of Pentecost, 2000, over 2,000 years ago, and he's never left, amen, amen? He infilled the people there on the, on the day of Pentecost. 60% believe a person who does enough good deeds can, can uh, go to heaven. Well, that's unbiblical too. It's not your good deeds. I understand if you're born again, you should have good deeds. That's what James said. If Show me your good works if you are born again. Well, but 50% believe the uh, false idea that Jesus was human because he was human. He sinned. Well, we know that. There was only one sinless man in the whole world, and that was Jesus. He came. If he wasn't, we might as well throw out our doctrine and say, hey, we're, we're not going to heaven because it was the sinless uh, sinless blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless life of Jesus Christ that, that saved us. So really, you think about it, it's time for revival in the church. You know, uh, many of the churches we know over the history of time in America were on fire, were on fire. The Wesleys were the, 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 the fathers of the Methodism. Well, they were on fire. The, the Presbyterians, I think I've told you this story before. My, my grandmother and grandfather, Mammy and Pappy in Nashville, Tennessee, got saved in the return of this last century of 1905 or something like that in a Presbyterian, Harpeth Presbyterian church. And they, they, they were excited about God and, and they sang in the choir and they, you know, and, and uh, there, were, there were people in, uh, my dad used to go to a Naz, second Nazarene church and they used to shout and run the aisles. I'm telling you, there's time for revival in the church again. Now the psalmist said this, will you not revive us again that, you, that your people may rejoice in you? Isn't it time that we get revived? How many of you know you can't get revived, uh, revival is only for those that's already been something. You can't revive something that's never been, right? So we need revival. But it's, I, I, I hasten to say that is sometimes I think the church is, is uh, slumbering and, you know, and, and uh, in a survival mode. Have you ever been in a survival mode? Well, you've heard people say, well, I'm just hanging in. I'm just, I'm just surviving. Well, we shouldn't be surviving. We ought to be thriving. The gospel should cause us to thrive. And, and it says, one man said, survival will always be the thief of revival. I'm just barely getting by. Well, that isn't what Jesus said to do. He said he came what? He came to, uh, to bring life and life more abundantly. Not just a little bit of life. He brought the God kind of life to us. As long as we're trying to survive, we will lose our perspective to be revived. Now, revival is for the church. How many times, though? well, I want revival to go across the land. Well, yeah, we want it in every church because it's not for sinners. But listen, we need revival for restoration and, and revitalization, and, and it's impossible to restore something that hasn't already been. So it's the church is already saved. The church has many times been filled with the Spirit, but we need to continually be filled, need to be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. And in reality, the church is, uh, I wrote this down, is revived in order to reach out to the world. Uh, revival presupposes outreach. In other words, we get revived so we can let it flow. 
we, uh, we, I was in a prayer meeting today and we talked about that very thing, that we'd be stirred up in ourselves. that we, uh, in Acts chapter four, when they came, Peter and John, and just raised the, the lame man and they got incarcerated and then let go to their own companions and they prayed. They didn't get all uptight about what the government was doing at that day. Listen, we can get so in, 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 uh, distracted and uptight about with governmental things that we forget what the great government says, <laughs> the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords says, and we need to get back to that. Well, they prayed that they would have be able to speak the word of God with boldness, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, it goes on to say they did speak the, God, uh, the word of God with boldness. Now, revival occurs and is needed when a generation recognizes impotence, apathy, and realizes that it's God's time to do something about it. Apathy. You ever, you know what the word apathy means? Lack of interest. Wow. Lack of interest. Apathy. You don't, well, you're not so interested in what God's doing or what, what the church is doing. We need an excitement and a zeal. Where's the zeal of the church today? Wow. So-and-so, hey, healed, delivered, set free. Every, every time we gather, there should be something exciting. The presence of God there. It also means a lack of enthusiasm. We ought to be enthusiastic. We ought to be the most enthusiastic people in the world. We're on our way to heaven. We've shunned hell. Amen? Or the other one is lack of concern. How easy it is to be uh, unconcerning about other people. I was on my way to that prayer meeting today, and I told the people there, I said I was on my way, and I was listening to this song by Carrie Joby, uh, called uh, First Love. And in the middle of the first love, it's, it's, it's called Embers. And in and that song, it says, reunite, reunite the fire or reignite the fire. The fire that's already been, make it blaze up again. Let there be a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. And I got, I got caught up in that song. And when you get caught up in the praises of God, his presence manifests in your life. And I, and I was stopped at a stop sign and I, at a stoplight in Danville, and there was people turning uh, to the right, uh, one after another. And you know what the thought came to me? How many are on their way to heaven? How many are on their way to heaven or are, are on their way to hell? And I thought, wow. I mean, it spoke to me. It really spoke to me. But I thought, what am I doing about it? Will you not revive me, O Lord? <laughs> That's what the psalmist said. Will you not revive us? Will you not revive me? Amen. I believe the church needs revival. Revival means to recover from loss or death. To recall uh, from a state of apathy and uh, uh, lethargy. To recall to obedience for the forgotten uh, things of God's heart. I mean, how many of you know we want to have God's heart of what he wants? Isn't that true? To reinvigorate or revitalize, to restore to an awareness of God's truth and power. I mean, you know, we're not to be just church attenders. I've said this over and over. I'm going to say it every time I get an opportunity. We're not just to be church attenders. We're to be disciples. And disciples are somebody that does the will of God, amen? Knows about him and knows his will. We, going to church uh, week after week doesn't make you a disciple. It, may, it helps, you gotta be in the word, you gotta be around people who know the word, but it doesn't make you someone that's dedicated and a disciple. And, and, and it's like when you're in the army of the Lord, 
we're called and commanded to do certain things. And if we're not revived and revitalized and have revival in our life, we'll shut down and think we're okay. Don't be self-deceived, amen? I've said this many times because of what James said, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving your own selves. Listen, we're not just to be uh, hearers of the word, we're to be doers of the word. That means obedient. Now, I will mention to which I mentioned to you many times, I'm preaching to myself. Because I have to hear myself say, Mike, get on board with what you're supposed to be doing. Praying for the move of God. Praying for the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Amen? When this takes place, when revival takes place, then the world is affected by the uh, revelation of a revived church. That's what we're to be. Amen? Now, Charles Finney said this. Charles Finney once said, he didn't tell me personally, of course. He's been gone for a long time. A great man of God. You ought to read some of his books if you've never read them. He said, the fact is, Christians are more to be blamed for not being revived than sinners are for not being converted. We, we know something. We know far too much. The church has a responsibility to recognize the times and understand we have been called and, uh, for each generation to carry the mantle of revival. Each generation has been called. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's imperative that we carry revival to the next generation. I, when I say revival, the spirit of God, the fill, fullness of God, the, pull, the power of God, uh, transferring that to the next generation. We have a lot of young people that know nothing about what, uh, the uh, charismatic movement or, or the uh, healing revivals and, and, and the, the Azusa Street revivals. Amen? We need to have people that are on fire, young people. I know there's some people that are encouraged and, and, and wanting to serve and are serving God. But listen, we need, we need, we're not too old to, to uh, be stirred up ourselves. Amen? And revival by its nature takes place in a time of moral darkness and na national discouragement. So we have to discern the times that we're living in. Listen to this passage of scripture over in 2 Chronicles 15, verses 2 through 4. And, and this was what uh, King Asa, as he responded to the words of the prophet, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you when you are with him. The Lord is with you when you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. How many of you know that? You, listen, he, he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, but we can leave him. We can, we can say, I've had enough of that, or I'm, I just go my own way and do my own thing. But this is the Lord, he says, not just your Savior, not just somebody who's taking you to heaven someday, the Lord of your life. That's what he wants to be. That's what he's called to be. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach, and without the law. But in their distress, they turned to the Lord. Amen. The God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by them. Now, it says, commentary says this, notice, God's people had been for a long time without the Lord, but the prophet said, the Lord is with you when you're with him. We need to be with him this day and this hour. We're living in perilous times. We really are. God's doing wonderful things. He's still on the throne. He's still filling people, uh, saving people and filling them with the Holy Ghost. But there needs to be a move of God around our nation, around our world. Amen. Asa and the people repented. They destroyed the idolatry of their day. 
they repaired the altar of the Lord. And in verse 9, we read that when they saw the Lord, uh, the, that the Lord was with Asa, the people followed him. God restored his favor to his people. That's what he'll do for us. Amen? That's what he'll do for us. That's what revival is, is all about. Sometimes it's difficult to recognize that we need revival. That calls us to draw near. He tells us to draw near. He said in James, what did he say? If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Amen? I always like to think it, it's, it's like he will draw near to you, like overrun you. Man, it doesn't take much. You step in it, and he's waiting for that step towards him all the time, drawing up to, near him. Amen? And, and I just think that it's a wonderful thing. It's time for revival when God's people begin to acknowledge that sin, lethargy, leanness, and compromise has, have slipped into their lives so that they must repent. Sin, what is it? It's called missing the mark. Missing the mark. Repentance is the primary key to revival, for without it, prayer is impossible. What do you mean, Mike? Sin prohib prohibits God from even hearing our prayers. If you're walking in sin, living in sin, we need to repent. We ought to be have up-to-date repentance. Amen. Repentance is a call and the hour to all who are tired of uh, mediocrity and who desire real power. It's time for a great move of God for the church to be on fire. I believe it is. I believe it's time for the church to be on fire. I believe it's a time for us to be hungry for the things of God. I, listen, over in Matthew 5, 6, I mentioned this the other night at prayer meeting. And Jesus said this, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you hungering and thirst? Who's righteous? One we know was righteous, Jesus himself. Amen? Are you hungering for the things of God? Isn't it time for the church to be hungry for his presence? It, it, hunger is defined to have an appetite, to crave, to demand, to yearn, to be famished, or to be starved for. True hunger is an appetite for God that is a, a driving force. Amen? Amen. And over in... Uh, Math, or, uh, Psalm 84, verse 2, it says this. The psalmist says this. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That should be our cry. Crying out for you. Well, I've been a Christian 40-some years or what? So what? What are you doing now? It's always about what are you doing now? Where are you at? If, if you're with the Lord, he's with you. Amen. Amen. Hunger is the greatest driving force on the earth. We know that. Desperate people will walk miles for some little morsel of food. You've seen that on these uh, uh, videos of Africa and other places, uh, hunger, places where they're hungry. They'll go for miles just to get a little bowl of, of, of food. And, and some will do uh, even resort to other things that are even illegal, stealing from things because they're so hungry. Now, but true hunger for God will cause a desire for revival. True spiritual hunger. Hunger is, and in, in the greatest revivalist, uh, true hunger for God, cause them to uh, divinely starve for the lost or, and strive or be, uh, to be saved, for the lost to be saved, the sick to be healed, and the oppressed to be set free. They longed for the, the joy and the courts of the Lord. Amen? That should be our cry today. Men like Wigglesworth and John G. Lake and Seymour and Robertson 
and others were hungry for God's best. Amen? I think of the, the people we followed after, uh, Brother Hagin and, and uh, Brother Summerall and Wigglesworth, like I said, and others. Wow, they were hungry for the, the, everything God had for them. In Matthew 5, 6 again, that word hunger, a present derivative tense means hunger continues even after it is fulfilled. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you tasted and you got filled, what it means is you're filled, but you're still hungry. You, you want more and more and more. That's what he's talking about. Once we see God's power in action, we want more. Amen? Now, once we see, uh, we see a convert, uh, person converted, set free, healing, we should want more. Amen? Now, I'll give you quickly, I'll give you a couple uh, things about how to develop a hunger for God. Well, first, a lot of times we we just went through every year. Pastor Scott takes us through the first three weeks of fasting or stuff, but it's a good idea to do that on more than just a, a short time occasion at first of the year. Maybe once a, once a week or once a month or something. Get away and fast. Amen. Fast and uh, physical hunger reminds us of our need to stay spiritually hungry for more of Him. In other words, get away and fast and talk to the Lord. Feasting on the word. How many of you know when you begin to feast on the word, <laughs> that's, that's really important because the more you, I found anyway in my own case, the more I read the word, the more I uh, uh, quote the word, the more I speak the word, the more I, the more I want to do it. The more I have a hunger for that. It's easy to get away from something. It's just like something you, you really love to eat. Well, the more you eat it, the more you'll want it. But once you get away from it for a time, you don't think about it too much. Amen? Amen. Becoming a desperate person. Desperate people will do desperate things and must be desperate for the things of God. That's what we're supposed to be. We're to be desperate for him. Not desperate in the situation that I have no hope. I'm not talking about that. Desperate means I need him more and more. We used to sing a song in the church years ago, I need thee every hour. I think some of you will remember that one. Well, we do. An old saying is, if you want to see something you've never had or seen before, you have to do something you've never done before. Well, get, get, get on fire for God, amen? And we can't stay, I wrote this down, status quo. <laughs> we cannot mark time. The old saying is, you're either backing up or you're going forward. You can't mark time in the kingdom. You got to be doing something. Get out from where hurt. Get out where hurting people are, where and spiritual hunger will fill, fill you with the compassion of God. Get out where hurting people are. Many times it's so easy to retreat and and into into our buildings and into our homes, but God wants us out on the streets, out in a society, making a difference. And I know many of you do that, I, but we need to continue to do that. The church needs a revival, a Holy Ghost revival. Now, last week I talked about one of the things we can do to pray and, and see six steps to revival. And I'm just going to mention them real quick here again. Is in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. There's four of them in there, and I mentioned a couple others after that. First, humility. Be humble. Lord, I, God's not going to humble you. Some people will say, well, humble me, God. No, he, he gives grace to the humble, those that have humbled themselves, amen? But pray. It says, if my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. We're to pray like never before. Pray for the divine desire. 
it says over in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because your, his desires will become your desires. Number three, seek his face. That's what he says in, in 2 Chronicles. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Let's seek God tonight. Let's seek God and begin to pray and believe uh, for a move of his spirit right here at Living Word Family Church. I'm thankful for what I've heard about revival in California and some other places around the nation. Why not here? Why not here? In Jesus' name. And turn from our wicked ways. Well, that means repent. Amen. We talked about that. And then be unified. Be in one accord with your brothers and sisters. Let's don't be all caught up in what the government and the world's doing. Let's don't spend all our time talking about that. Let's spend our time rejoicing with one another that God is our hope, our salvation, and we pray together and, 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 and live together and work together and see God move mightily. And then don't give up. Persevere till the end. Amen? Amen. I believe God's going to do a mighty thing, and he's doing mighty things. He will. You know, I, I mentioned that. Uh, there was an old song, Don't Pass Me By, Sweet Jesus. And we used to sing, and some guy got upset, but you know what? He said, well, God won't pass you by. Guess what? He'll pass you by if you let him. And revival can be going on down the street, and you won't know a thing about it or be interested in it. Amen? But we are at Living Word Family Church, a church on, <laughs> on fire. Amen? A church alive and worth the drive. So we need to know that. We need to uh, be ready for it when it comes. We need to be stirred up, fired up, and ready for it when it comes. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you called us for such a time as this. This is our time. Let everyone in the sound of my voice, and here's this message, be stirred. Be, fan the flame of revival in their own heart and say, Lord, use me to stir this, 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 this community, this nation, and this world by my prayers and what I do, and I'll serve you with all my heart. With all my heart, that's what I say. And, and we'll see great things begin to happen. I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice tonight. We'll, we'll take heed and, and say, Lord, I'm here. Use me. Use me. And I thank you for blessing Living Word Family Church. I thank you for a Holy Ghost revival burning in our hearts and in this church that we might not, we might not leave a generation helpless and hopeless and wanting what we've had in the past. But it'll be a reality in their life today. We just give you praise now for all you do for us and get thanksgiving in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, have a great night, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.